You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Michael, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Five, four, three, two, one. Hi, this is the illustrious Michael K. Easton. I am Jordan Lowe. Now he's emphasizing the illustrious, not the five, four, three, two, one. I like it. I'm Cliff Barnes. <laughs> I'm Seth. All right. We're back again. We did Riverdale. Now it's time for everything else. That's right. I want to call myself out on a couple big mistakes I made. Oh. Ooh. One. What's the day today? It's... Yeah. Mark it down. <laughs> I was already going to bring up one, just so I thought it was funny that I called, uh, the movie Frozen, which I never seen. Oh yeah, you I called, called it Ice Age. Age. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and nobody called me. And I was listening to it. it was like, those things were in your head. You say one thing, but yeah, no. I didn't. I didn't catch it until <laughs> listening to the episode. <laughs> and then uh, Justin Lowe called me out uh, for really. I totally missed this <laughs> on the movie preview podcast. I did not call the movie Fifteen Colon Seventeen <laughs> to Paris. I think it was uh, I. I, I wasted a, an obvious colon, and so you, you're right. I don't. Even, it didn't even cross my mind. A colon is a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, what do you guys want to talk about? Well, I don't know about it. Michael's been out on the slopes all week. I've been skiing in his in his Schwann's truck. So I don't want to rehash it. that whole thing we just went through, but. Yeah. It's yeah. all confidential anyway. Yeah, yeah we you have see some good stories, there. and then we listen to some of our own material and laughed at it <laughs> from last week. Yeah, we love us. <laughs> I had an interesting morning. Ooh, we the our cat that Seth, cat uh, that I kicked out. Yeah, Seth <laughs> gifted to us uh, last fall has been in heat. Ooh. Oh boy! So that's been a ball of fun. <laughs> Um, so she, what's she doing? Well, she cries all, she's been crying all night and just making god awful noises. Been there. And <laughs> <laughs> so my wife made an appointment, um, to get the what cat fixed. Indoor cat? It's an indoor cat. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Somebody catches that, right? I got that. So my so, wife made an appointment. The wicket? Yes. The moon. To get this cat fixed, uh, for this morning. So last night we went down to the pet store because we don't have a cat carrier or anything, you know. To train <laughs> you didn't have a cat for the longest yeah, time. Yeah, we didn't have a cat. Um, I didn't have a cat I, was, I kept waiting for Seth to, you know, <laughs> give me a cat kick carrier. a cat carrier down the street, but um, that didn't happen. So we had to go into town and and to get this cat carrier. Well, we knew the guy that worked at the pet store for a really long time and. He's like, is this a one time thing? A long time, or he worked there a long time. But we we've known him for a long time. <laughs> okay, and he's worked there a long time. Well, sort of. But anyways, he was like, well, if it's a one time thing, you know, we just sell these cheap cardboard boxes as transporters, and they have like a handle and air holes in them and stuff. He's like, don't you know if you're not if you don't want to waste like forty bucks on a cat carrier, just 
Here's a box. Here's a box. <laughs> so we buy like Wait, the ten- I've got cardboard boxes right. well, by the dumpster. I can make. Holes. You know, it's got a picture of a cat. It's a special cat <laughs> box. I can, I can draw a picture of a cat. Right there. I, I just will thought, undercut the pet guy. So we buy the, a new million dollar idea. We buy the uh, the ten dollar cat cardboard box. And this morning, Money I'd box. worked all night and, and got to bed at like six a.m. My wife was going to take the cat to the to the place to get it fixed and um i hear her out there like cussing this cat so she wakes me up after a while <laughs> she's like i can't get this cat in the box we've all had this problem right right it didn't just look at the picture and get in i know <laughs> so i'm chasing the damn cat all around the house because it won't get in the box i finally get it and like to drop it down in and the cat like explodes into like rip I get it halfway in, the cat kicks the box, like rips it, the whole side of it off. I'm super pissed. I wish I had this on video. I'm super pissed by this point. The thing takes off running. I'm like, what are we going to do now? The box wrecked. Duct tape. So we get the tape out. I tape the whole thing together, right? Spend another probably 20 minutes chasing this cat through all through the house. I'm shutting off like bedroom doors. Is it normally friendly? Does it come up? Yeah, yeah, it's normally fine. It, it just up. doesn't want to get in the box. <laughs> so I finally get it, and my wife and Alicia goes over, and she's got the she's bringing the box over. I've got the cat; it's freaking out; it's climbing all over me, and the cat like sinks a claw into my neck. <laughs> so I'm trying. To Please tell me you just like shot out a stream of blood. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I'm like I'm, I'm jugular. Yeah, I'm all okay. Cat. Now this this podcast has just turned into that jaw scene. Michael and Clever compared to Scars. Uh, elderly dog took a chunk out of me in 72. You see that? So I'm holding the cat. It's freaking out. It's got one claw in my neck. It, like, it's, it can't get it. It's stuck in there. Like, it can't even pull it out. Yeah. It's trying I'm, to hold you hostage. Yes, I'm and Alicia's just like, I, I don't know. Like, what, what is wrong? I'm like, it's in my neck. You need a cat negotiator. So finally, after all this, I get the claw out of my neck, and we get the cat in the box. And the you've seen the scene from Christmas Vacation where um, she wraps up the the damn cat as a present. <laughs> it's it's that situation. The thing's going crazy. It's it's got you know air holes in the in the box. You know, like a quarter quarter size, and it's got its its <laughs> paws are Fist. out, and it's like. Trying to, middle fingers, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Middle fingers out, middle claws out, and the box is all beat to hell. It's taped I'm just up. Picturing Alicia like Oh, she them. she is so pissed by this point. So I have to like, <laughs> and that box showed up on Seth's porch the next morning. <laughs> right. In order to hold to hold it shut, I have to get a zip tie to hold the top of it shut, so the cat won't like explode out of it again. So, after all this, I go back to bed, she we, puts it in the truck, she takes off for the place, calls me like ten minutes later. The cat has escaped. <laughs> it's now wandering free in the truck. She's like, it ate a hole, in, it literally like chewed a hole in the box. Not even like out of the air holes, it like made a new hole, big enough, chewed through it, and got out of the box. 
I, I was like, just bring the damn, bring the whole mess back. So this longtime friend of yours, what what is his return policy? Yeah, I'm gonna take that shredded piece of crap box back to that store and be like, give me the plastic one. So that's how I started my day off. That sounds awesome. Yeah, that reminds me real quick. One time when I was, my curfew was midnight. You know, back in the day, I lived with my parents, and I came home at 3 o'clock in the morning trying to sneak in, and I opened up the door, and a cat ran into the house. (laughs) (laughs) And we did not have pets, and this was some random cat, and it's 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm late. It was terrible. I had to hunt hunt down some cat. Did you get the cat out without waking up? First thing I did was run up the hallway and shut everybody's bedroom door before they ended up with a cat on their face. I got it out. All right. What do you guys want to talk about first? What category? Streaming. There's something very important I forgot to tell you. What? Don't cross the streams. Islands in the streams. That is what we are. No one in between. How can we be wrong? The streams. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right into it. All right. What'd you watch? From L.A. to Vegas. Anyone else seen this yet? What is TV. it? That's TV. Well, <laughs> here we go. Sorry. TV. <laughs> we'll come back. We'll talk. I don't want to make the same joke again. I don't know. Comics. <laughs> we can't take that hard or left Stop. Time. Stop. Somebody Movies. Somebody put let him drive. <laughs> All right, streaming. Okay. Anybody? Runaways. <laughs> Runaways. Runaways finale. Oh, did that Ooh. end? Yes. Yeah. I haven't seen the finale. Are yet. we happy? Uh-huh. Um, is it mild spoilers? I don't care if you spoil it. They ran away. What? Runaways. <laughs> run away. It took ten episodes to run away. Run away. Run away. No, actually, um, I I give a little uh, shout out to Jesse Starcher and um. His and Ronnie Adams and all their friends over at the Radishes and Broccoli Network. Uh, they did a Runaways, I believe it was a TV Party Tonight episode um, about the series, and it was really good. And because I hadn't, I haven't read the comics, and they were bringing up points where they had done a previous source material podcast um, just about the comics before the show started. Right. So I learned a lot about what happened in the comics, which brought to light a lot of stuff that I've that's happened There's a lot in the of show. Easter eggs definitely yeah. in the show, yes. Yeah. So good job, Jesse. Yep. I thought they did a really good job with the dinosaur too. Like I yeah, thought it was, it was very, excellent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see more of that. They did do a good job. Effects. I'm surprised they used it as much as they did because they you know pulled it off. Yeah. Really. Yeah. But in the finale there was an obvious um a few things happened with one of the lead characters that I was kind of like, what? What? Why is he, why did he do that? Where, how is he doing this? Things that happen in the book though, apparently, um, upcoming, I get now. So yeah, I wasn't sure whether they were going to stick with that being the person. Yeah. Yeah. So we won't spoil it, but the, I still, that's not resolved. We don't know whether that's going that way, but it was a really good lead up into season two. Um, you know, I think they could have, 
I thought season one was a little bit drawn out. Drawn out. A, yeah, what well, we, we were talking about how they nothing ever happened like that. Yeah, this is like this build up to a confrontation, and when there was a confrontation, it was one of the things I hate about some of these TV things is like when they finally do confront each other. Everybody's just lined up against each other and nobody it, does anything. I know, but it looks so cool, like the build up right there of yeah. like, and then. Nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah, people run away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> push a, push a truck down a hole and you run away. <laughs> that was the best. That's the best part of the season. But I will say it was very well done. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's fine. It's good. It's a little it's weird. Better than, it's better than Shield. It's better than Shield, okay? Yeah. Yeah, sure, that's a big, good. and end humans. <laughs> you don't know that. Keep naming Only stuff. Never. Only Keep Jordan naming. What? What else is it better than? <laughs> okay, what else was streaming? Um, I did watch uh, Fun Mom, Fun Mom's Dinner. Has anybody seen this nope. on Netflix? Never heard of it. Actually, as a my wife and I watched it. I think um, I was gonna, Christy might was gonna watch it, but probably, she, yeah. She wasn't I could see her watching yeah. that show too. It's a, um, Molly Shannon, Katie Azelton, Tony Collette, Bridget Everett, um, a bunch of female kind of comics or, uh, comedian actors directed by, uh, Althea Jones in its, it was a very Netflix movie. It's it's funny. It's got some funny banter. Um, not a lot happens. It's just more or less uh, we're you know moms who are real people and that, <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah. it wasn't that come on, like sell it to me. Stepford Stepford mom type stuff. It was like oh we all feel this way. We have problems. Right. That type of thing. Kind of a, but we're not bad moms. We're fun moms. We're fun moms. One of those yeah. raunchy sort of yeah more or less so. I did watch that. It's fine. Um, okay. Whatever. <laughs> what a rave review. <laughs> yeah. Glad you brought it. Good enough. I was like, <laughs> good enough, man. Good enough. Uh, we had mentioned the David Letterman coming back to Netflix yeah. on my next Yeah, actually, guest. here's how we mentioned it. I want to quote Jordan Lowe. Just retire. <laughs> That's what he said in the last podcast. I was like, what? I thought, you I were said dissing he, it. I said he just retired. Oh, I thought you said, just, no, I'm pretty sure mm. you were telling him to just retire. No. And, and yeah. Cause I was back. shocked. He, Stop he, the tapes. He's always the grumpy guy who acted like he didn't want to be there. I was like, I thought he would retire and go live in a cabin somewhere. Yeah. So I was shocked he's back in the limelight so soon. Yeah. But I think it's just like once a month episode. Yeah, yeah. My next guest needs no introduction, is what it's called. So he had he had to start a pretty high, start with Barack Obama on the first episode. It's all downhill from there. And I thought it was great. Um, I've watched enough talk shows in my time. Like the the interviews are usually the weakest parts because they're just there to shill for a movie or a TV show. So mm. they tell one canned little anecdote, they throw to a clip, they explain things. So that's kind of a boring formula. So I'm glad Letterman is smart enough and he, he's a good enough interviewer and a good enough, uh, you know, he does, he, he's good at discussing things if you're smart enough to banter back and forth. So yeah, I thought it was really interesting. It was hour long and then there was a bit filmed in Alabama, Selma with Congressman John Lewis that I thought was really mm-hmm. powerful. Yep. Uh, I said he ever, what, you know, very big, one of the few surviving Members of that civil rights movement from back then, and you know, Bloody Sunday in 1965, where they were marching from Selma to Alabama or to Montgomery, and 
you know, were just beaten. He was nearly beaten to death. And he says once a year he goes back and walks across the bridge to memorialize this. And he let Letterman walk along with him. So, like, hmm. you just got the, the history, the gravity of that history. And that's not a normal talk show thing. So no. I'm glad he can have this new, uh, you know, format to do, to do interesting things like that's that. That's what, oh, I, I, I loved it too. And I, I was, that's why, I mean, I gotta say this. It, that's why it makes me feel gross after I watch something like that. And then I watch last night on Fox News, literally Tucker Carlson sitting there talking about how do, we're told to embrace diversity. Is that even good? Should we even be mixing together? Like, that is gross. So when you see, like, real American values, what I consider American values and what some people are being fed, it just makes me sick. So I, I loved that. I loved how. And this prep- was a march. It was a, they were peaceful protesters. Yeah. They were walking across a bridge to prove a point and they were just beaten. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah. we can't ever forget that history. Right. It, it's, you know, yeah, this is the guy that, you know, John Lewis was there walking with Martin Luther King. I mean, it, it was just neat to see how impressed also that Letterman was with him and Obama and just, he was very eloquent, you know, conveying that to them and, and stuff. I, it was like, who, who's next? Uh, I saw a list of about oh, it was like six or eight people, and, but the, uh, uh, that Malala Yousef is yeah. going to be on. I'm sure I look forward to those conversations. Yeah, him and her and George Clooney are about. Yeah, for the same thing. Obama, Clooney. Um, you, uh, I saw uh, you had said something like you thought like uh, you wanted this for Conan at one point. Yeah, because if you remember when Conan went to the Tonight Show for three, mm-hmm. three months, was yeah. it something like that? His dream job. He idolized Johnny Carson, and then he idolized David Letterman after that, and saw how David Letterman was kind of screwed out of the Tonight Show. And then, so he achieved his dream job, and then the NBC executives, we could talk for hours on the late night wars or whatever, but he left. And there was all this speculation, and if you remember the time, like, I think Colbert had started not too much earlier than that. So there was The Daily Show and Colbert, and there was talk that he might go to Comedy Central, or we saw TBS was courting him, or HBO might want. So there was, it was all up in the air about what he was going to do next. And that's, I, I so wanted him to do something different. Cause we, you know, we see, we, the, Kona's the best interviewer on TV right now. But again, we just have, oh, did you play any pranks on set? Like, yeah. we get the same kind of canned stories, the same format. There's a, two guests and a musical act. Like, it, it just, he didn't do something new. And I think, yeah. but we didn't have those streaming options back then. Mm, right. That now Letterman does. So he can do a show once a month and just put it out and talk to whoever he wants for, However length he wants, like, yeah, we we are have many new options nowadays yeah. that Conan didn't really have. So. Yeah, I don't know that I would. I, I I'm curious to see what that would that and just hypothetically what that would look like with Conan. But I'm really into bearded Letterman as the option. So. <laughs> well, there was even the rumor that Conan was going to stop doing his his daily show and just do. Remote segments because he's yeah he's I, Cuba, I, yeah I'd seen that too Germany he he, he mm-hmm. those are the best when he just goes out with a camera crew and talks yep. to people and there was talk that he was gonna do just a weekly show of him traveling the new sites mm-hmm. which it just said he's going to Haiti pretty soon to do a show so those oh, are wow. great so I was really hoping <laughs> for. The- a-
<laughs> Not that <laughs> No, but uh, Alicia said she did watch, uh, she watched the Obama episode and she was telling me, uh, it was really good. Um, is Paul Schaefer involved? No. He didn't like follow him across the no bridge music. with a keyboard or anything. No, okay. no, it was weird because he came out on stage and it looked like maybe a college auditorium, you know, packed house. Mm. And he said, does anyone think they know who the guest is? So it seemed like a surprise. The mm. people in the audience oh, didn't, they didn't, know. They didn't know who wow. he was going to talk to. So he's like, oh, here's the 44th president of the United States. Like, what? And like, that's part of the gimmick. I I like that, that they're like, we're going to keep this so you do not know. Nobody knows. Yeah, so it was a live audience auditorium, just two chairs Mm -hmm. and some, you know, cup of water. A guy did guess Clinton. He thought it was going to be Bill Clinton, but it, it, you know, wasn't. Yeah, because I I do like Colbert, his show on CBS, but I really, like, his interviews really stand out because they're extremely short. Nothing is important is talked about really at all, period. I mean, I like the show. His monologues are funny and, and, and this and that, but yeah, it's really lacking in that. Although he's just started to do a thing on his Friday shows because I don't think, I think he records them early because mm-hmm. I think he only works four nights a week now. Mm-hmm. And he, on Friday shows, he has like one guest and it's like a half hour longer interview. So yeah. I've heard some, I don't watch it every night, but I've heard some positive things. That he's getting more in depth, like on a Friday show, is a little more special. So, because yeah. I really I enjoy uh, James Corden's interview interviews on afterwards, because um, he has a little bit different. He has kind of that British format. Yeah, the where, first time I saw them, I'm like, what's happening? Why are all the guests? Yeah, happening? they're all out there at the same time. It's kind of <laughs> yeah. like the Graham Norton show. Yeah, and uh, I, I do enjoy that um, a lot too. So, um, you said you watched. Another yeah, series. Uh, the end of the effing world. Yeah, Anyone it. check that out? I watched I, it. I watched did you? It. I looked at it. Isn't that not based on like a graphic novel or something? Based on the graphic novel by Charles Forsman from Fantagraphics Press. I did not know that. Yep. Uh, I saw some of the art. It's very simplistic art. It almost looks like you know peanuts or something. Very just black and white. Very uh, very simplistic looking art, but. He can't help it. He's drug it out. Don't mind me. (laughs) (laughs) That made it worse. (laughs) I'm back, baby. So it's the BBC show for Channel 4. So I don't know. I'm assuming it said Netflix original. I don't know what it takes to. So I don't know if it aired in Britain already. I think it did in October. Ah, okay. I think is what I saw one. Um,. Yeah, I watched it. They were short episodes. They were like 20-minute episodes. It was basically a movie. It was six episodes, and they were all 20 minutes or less. So it was yeah. basically just two hours. Yeah. What did you think um, of it? I really liked it. I, I, I wasn't sure what we were going to get into. It was about uh, James and Alyssa, these two young people, and we get their thoughts. Both of them kind of narrate it, and we hear their inner thoughts as well. But he he's been depressed and 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 thinks he's a psychopath or thinks he's homicidal and he's killed some animals and he's having these horrible thoughts and he thinks he's ready to go up to humans and he meets this random girl in school who's kind of an oddball he's like yeah i think i could kill her so they go on this adventure together and it starts out he's looking for an opportunity to kill her so that's that's the dark <laughs> that's that's where we start and then it just gets stranger. i wanted to kill you but i fell in love with yeah. you so, but again, yeah, it's coming of age story, kind of, it had the sort of natural born killers kind of feel, Mick and Mallory kind of yeah. thing, or I saw it compared to Badlands, the 70s movie with Martin Sheen and Sissy Spacek, kind of that, 
young teens in love, you know, breaking Think of the law. Any, you know, couple on the run, right. bandits. You know. Yeah. But it, I, th- I thought the actors were great. Very not super attractive young people. Just looked like like young teens. He was in. I recognized him from. Yeah, uh, he looks familiar. Black Mirror. Oh. He, he was in the one episode of Black Mirror where they were like. Uh, blackmailing people into like yeah okay now that you say that I can pick I can't remember okay. that episode but yeah it was a couple seasons ago so yeah and great music throughout they had some crazy good uh, like old music they played that's not the normal stuff yeah, yeah. you hear on shows so uh, it's it's dark and it's it's a little disturbing or depressing but I thought it was really well done yeah I I finished it because you said you were watching it um I thought it was fine I, I there were parts I, I liked the I like the last episode. I'm, you know, I'm glad I stuck with it. You know, some of it drug for me, but I did like them. They were definitely unique characters. I just thought they kind of stuck on one point. You know, they didn't move very fast. Was my only. Well, they're like they're hard to like. They're not supposed to be yeah. lovable young teens you're oh, rooting yeah, for. So. Yeah, the and there's there's the two women uh, detectives you know, chasing after them, mm. which is a neat twist on the cop. You know, the normal cop chase kind of yeah. thing. So. Yeah, they had their own story going on. It's, it's it's short enough that if you're interested, go and watch it. It's a couple hours, so and there will and be a second. Said, it season. said there's, season one. There's a cliffhanger, so, so yeah. there's got to be a season two. And I think it's got enough people are actually watching it because it's so short. Um, I was just gonna say. Well, first off, there was some talk Amazon Video. You know, Amazon puts money into movies. Sundance's this week. Um, last year they bought the big sick, you know, it was such mm. a big hit mm-hmm. and they make this terrible announcement that they're moving away from indie movies. That's disappointing. It's terrible. I hate to hear that, but they're going to focus more on main, more something that'll appeal to more mainstream. So instead of spending $5 million here or there on indie movies, they'll spend $50 million yeah. on something like bright. <laughs> And yeah, that's like the IFC on cable playing that 70s show reruns. Like, right. It used to be really, you know, exactly cheap independent films and now it's not. Like, what will people anything. watch? Well, the majority of people will watch some bright movie like Net- it's working for Netflix. So now they want to move that direction. I hate that so much. It makes me ill. Now, I did see though today movie pass apparently is going to try to step in and I don't know what, where they're, Showing, showing this, or if they're going to buy movies to put in uh, theaters or what, but they're going to try to move into buying some indie movies. So hmm. I don't know. I just think the more people funding indie movies, the better. They're so cheap, right? And that's that's you know something Netflix really got into last year was buying up, going to film festivals and buying a lot of those cheap indie movies up. For yeah, their and th- last year oh, we had uh, uh, I don't belong in. What, what yeah. was it? I don't, I don't feel, feel whatever in this world yeah. anymore. I don't know. But that, no, all those things. Just buy them at Sundance and put them on Netflix. I love it. I did, speaking of, I brought Big Sick up just so I could bring up this tweet from Kumail. Uh, I think I read it today. No, well, this is now. This is weeks ago. Oh. This is, um, American Vandal is so good. The writing is spot on. Every performance is perfect. It's so good. I'm slightly upset about it. <laughs> I just want, I'm trying to get somebody to watch American Vandal. Any <laughs> of you Jesse's out there that do it for me, let it us know. so close It is to good. It. Jesse Starcher just watched Making a Murderer. I never heard whether he really liked it or not, but it's a great, uh, 
real life documentary. The American Vandal is in that style, and it may not be real, but it's <laughs> almost just as good. It's somebody watches. It's on Netflix. It is good. It's in my queue. <laughs> <laughs> somebody had to say it. <laughs> okay. Is that streaming? Or um, the only other thing I had was we've been watching, my wife and daughter have now watched all three seasons of Shit's Creek Heard of it. on Netflix. We watch one or two of those episodes. It's actually, I will admit, it's, pre- it's pretty darn good. Um, it's got Catherine O'Hara, which mm. I love, um, Chris Elliott, Eugene Levy, and Daniel Levy, his actual son, plays his son. Oh, on the really? show, yeah, okay. it's a stretch, and uh, they're a big, rich New York um, family that has all their money taken away, and they find out the only thing they're left with with is they own this little podunk town, so they have to kind of run to that town. They have no money and live at the hotel there, and it kind of goes from there. And the last resort, yeah. <laughs> But it, it, it is, it's it's actually really good. They've been watching it a lot. The new season, uh, season four comes out um, this coming Wednesday, Wednesday, which will probably be, I don't know, um, last Wednesday by the time this episode comes out. So, And I think it's on the Pop Network. Pop, pop! Oh, okay. So. I've seen it on TV. Well, for something truly out there. All right. You should watch Devil Man Crybaby, a subtitled an- like two anime. Titles. Yeah, I know. Devil Man colon. Yeah, is there a colon? No, it's Devil Man Crybaby. Okay, what's it on? It's Netflix. Netflix, and it, it's a original Netflix produced show. Um, way better than that Smith anime show that was so horribly done. That you started- think it was animation? Yeah. Well, it's streaming. It's on. No, no, no. I mean, because I I think I've heard of Devil Man. Yeah, like like he's Japanese anime. Yeah, it's it's an old character. Oh, okay. It used to be kind of like Castlevania. They're rebooting it. Yeah, it used to be a comic or a manga. I mean, I'm sure there's. (laughs) (laughs) You're killing me! (laughs) What do you want me to talk about? So it's always be wrong, whatever he does. The about. category list, Michael K. It was streaming, <laughs> so it really no, I don't listen to us. Just go. But anyway, for something to be subtitled and me actually pay attention to, they're far and few in between. I actually like paid attention to this one, and th- like I remember uh, during the nineties, there was like an anime VHS club that you could join, and they would send you videos. Like, that's how I got to see Akira for the first time. And I remember all these, like, over-the-top, bloody, gory, like... Fist of the North Star. Yeah, all those that, like, were just so out there. And we carpooled to Columbus to see Akira back in the day. Bunch of us. Well, I was a lonely nerd back then, so it was just me, myself, and I. He didn't have a podcast then. Nah. Mm, But anyway, (laughs) this show is... So freaking crazy. Like, I mean, it's just... It's, what is it? What happens? It's basically this this young... It opens up with these two young kids. I miss Michael describing stuff. I don't. We haven't done that for a while. <laughs> it opens up with two young boys, 
and immediately <laughs> the kid is crying, and the other kid is trying to slit the throat of a cat, which I'm sure you can put it in the damn box. And and, and the kids die, or the kids crying, and the and the other kid is just like they all die, we all die, and then it like goes to present day, and you what come, we yeah. all die. It's the cat killed him. No, he kills the cat. Like oh. the the, the blonde headed kid is trying to kill the cat. <laughs> the blonde headed kid. <laughs> oh. Then they all die. <laughs> anyway, present day, like He's they're the devil man. They're in high Proud. school, and man. the kid shows back up, and he says demons are real. And he drags his friend along. That's the crybaby. Color hairs he got? Blonde. <laughs> that's how you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, he like fits the whole like. I mean, if you want to go down that ru- that route, um, what route? We the, do <laughs> the white supremacist Aryan like supremacist. Or supremacist. <laughs> like you get that vibe immediately. He's always dressed in white, or whatever. But he drags his friend to this club and says, "Demons are real. I can prove it." And there's this club called Sanctuary where it is all these young adults having sex, dancing, and inviting these – like taking these drugs and accidentally inviting these demons into them. And he's saying that if you have a, a pure heart, you can trap the demon where you can control his powers. Well, don't spoil it for me. And <laughs> – Oh no, this is just the surface. <laughs> I tried, <Chloe. laughs> That was the best I could come up with. <laughs> and, and all these demons are basically possessing all these people. And I mean, it's just like gore to the max, like a lot of nudity. It's, I mean, it is, it is definitely for an adult audience and it now is. Now we get it. Mm-hmm. It is just, it's completely out in left field as far as you could go. I'm almost done with it. <laughs> <laughs> ten fingers and ten demon toes. <coughs> Devil man cry baby. <laughs> wow. There it is. Pick a category. Someone other than Michael. A lot of TV's been okay, on. Okay, TV. Hello, Dolores. What the hell is a sticky maple? Run. Very run. That's what I do. I drink. And I know things. Go get him, Supergirl. Well, what's this guy look like, anyway? Oh, he's a little guy, kind of funny looking. Aha. Uh-huh. In what way? Oh, just in a general kind of way. Exterminate! Little pig, little pig! Let me in! These violent delights have violent ends. That's what she said. Groovy. We got TV, people. Superstore! I watched Superstore this week. Yeah, have I, you seen the last couple? We had the no. This is the first one I've seen. In a okay, while. I didn't get to watch this episode, but well, we had the Golden Globes party. Okay, yeah, I that saw rocked. That yeah, I that, saw that one. Excellent episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Just leave me alone, my <laughs> And then this last this week we had the uh, the episode where the Don't district man the, the district manager is trying to. I can relate to this as I thought, I, I click, that's why I watch it because I click yeah. the info like this sounds like Cliff and Belpery. It yeah. The so, high volume store. They're trying to change the store to a cat, new category, make it a quad 
a quad four, which is a high volume store, and and then they get a Pizza Hut in their store. Ah, okay. So they're all for the Pizza Hut, at least in the beginning. So, um, and Mile then nine Pizza Hut. Yes, store. and Glenn's trying to find a surrogate <laughs> to carry his baby with. What's his wife's name? Jerusha? Jerusha? That's not Jerusha? Something like that. After they did it at the Golden Globe party. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. She was uh, Kids in the Hall. Like, she was on that show, too, I believe. Mm, There were no no (laughs) women kids. We're going to have to call you out on that. That's (laughs) it. There are no lady kids. Wasn't she? (laughs) Odin doesn't like a lady kid. (laughs) She was in, you're probably thinking of, um, Reno 911. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I just thought she was in some sketch comedy show. Also. That's kind of like close. that. Yeah. Close. yeah. The state, maybe? Or was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Carrie, Carrie Slater Kenny? Yeah. Well, let's go with that. Okay. I didn't see it, but I'm going to guess. <laughs> well, I can decipher Michael's well, don't, you, yeah, you strange know, Byzantine mind. Are you bragging about that? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a very that unique trait. Yeah. Take the right amount of jingle jangle. You can figure it out. But yeah, it had some, this episode had some great, um, customer oh, interaction. I love the background customers are always the best. This the is a little just, more foreground, but oh, it's yeah. still really good. Good. I, I want to say, I watched, uh, most recent episode or two of Last Man on Earth. Did it, and I feel like they stopped it for, they're stopping it for a few weeks or something, but they brought on, um, Fred Armisen. Mm-hmm. Have you watched that? No. Oh my gosh. It's such a good show. Have you watched the show at all? I've seen a couple episodes. That's it. I watched part of the first season. <laughs> Last chance over here. Yeah, I watched some of the first season, and then it was opposite Walking Dead, so I missed a bunch. Oh, yeah. Animal and then Man. I felt, well, I felt like I couldn't, get, you know, there's continuity. Yeah. The choice had to be made. You gotta watch it in order. Um, well, then now, Fred Armisen was a, Serial killer who they always, whenever they introduce a new character, they show their backstory, basically how they, where they were when the plague happened or whatever and how, and you know, before they meet up with the group and he was a serial killer and ended up going to prison and that's where they find him. But it was, it was really good. He just, he did such a great job. Um, it's just funny show. If you like, if you liked it, watch it. I know Jesse's out there watching it, and he knows what I'm talking about. Dang it. That's the old Jesse episode. Have any of you guys, um, I know you've watched Blackish a little bit. One episode. Okay, one episode. <laughs> well, they've spun it off. What did Nick call it? He's, <laughs> oh, you talk. I'll think he spun it. it off, um, ABC has into a show called Grownish, where the oldest daughter is going to college. But they put it on Freeform. It's not on ABC. Because it is very progressive. In college life, um, things real college kids do, attitudes they have. Um, uh, there are a lot of LBGQRSTUV characters. Um a lot of substances, but which really surprised fluidity. Yeah, it really surprised me. And uh, like, you know, free use of drugs happening. And I'm like, this is an ABC show. 
So you, there may be some hope for you with Disney after all, Seth, um, in their content. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm laughing because I just texted oh. Nick and said, what did you call black? <laughs> and she said, you mean meet the blacks? <laughs> <laughs> But it's pretty good. Um, my, progressive my, television. Yes, progressive. <laughs> Meet the blacks. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, my wife watched uh first few episodes, too. We both are on board for now. So, it's on Freeform. You can also watch it on Hulu. Comedy Central had a new show debut called Corporate. They've been running. They got office and syndication rights. They've been rerunning uh-huh. the office. Okay. And then they, they debut the show. It's these, these two guys in a, a huge multinational corporation. They're like junior executives in some giant faceless, you know, they sell everything from bananas to warheads, you know, just giant ridiculous corporation. And everything is shot dull gray. Like every room is just, you know, motivational posters. Like it's just, it, it looks really neat the way, you know, they've, it's almost like Brazil or one of those, like mm, yeah. those, those just downtrodden worlds. But it's got, I, I didn't recognize the two main leads. They seem like a kind of a comedy duo. I, I'm not sure where they're from, but it has Lance Reddick as the boss who you might recognize from the wire or fringe. Michael, see, I know Michael's mom, I mean, say fringe. He knows who Lance Reddick is. Mm, no, he doesn't. <laughs> I can read his face. I know Michael. John, no. it's the, he's nodding because he doesn't want to scientist, the gentleman. The gentleman. John Wick as well. He runs the hotel. (laughs) Very distinctive voice. But he, he is like (laughs) the, you know, CEO. And, you know, when he walks in the door, he's coming. And they're like terrified of him. And he, you know, he just flips on a whim. So they've, they've played two episodes so far and I've enjoyed it so far. So it's kind of the office on steroids almost. Mm. It's sort of a a parody of today's corporate world. Right. Any more TV? From LA to Vegas, is anyone else watching this wonderful, fantabulous show? I watched a couple just to get a taste of it. Is this it. the, this is the airplane show? Oh, this is yes. the Dermot and, mm-hmm. and, uh, Dylan McDermott. Dermot and McDermott. And clever Mul- enough, they had Dermot Mulroney guest yeah. star on one right. of the episodes. Captain yeah. Steve. Yeah, they know the, the joke that no one can tell them apart. Yeah. Well, what'd you think of it? It was alright. It's, it's very silly. There's a lot of like, Gags, like, well, just over like, the top kind of gags. Captain Dave, like, that actor, he's always playing such serious roles, and you can tell he is having so much fun playing this, like, half-baked pilot. <laughs> I, it's my new favorite show. I love it. <laughs> new favorite show of the week. Yep, new favorite show <laughs> of the week. Um, CW shows have, some of those are back. Supergirl. Uh, we got the Legion of Superheroes. We did. At least, sort of, kind of. We got three of them. Yeah. There's uh, more coming. Yeah, you sent a picture of Brainiac. Oh my god. And I thought, well maybe he'll look better in motion. Uh, and he didn't. Do you, do you guys remember the season one Red Tornado fiasco? <laughs> it's <laughs> like Supergirl's the only character they can get right as far as designing like outfits. the actor was and, fine. Yeah, he did a great job the as- The character was yeah, fine. I thought so. But he just looked like he was out of a Doctor Who 1969 episode. Even Rain, the character, mm-hmm. like that weird mask she was yeah. wearing. Like, it's an evil Supergirl, basically. It's not yeah. hard to do that suit in black, but they screwed it up somehow. 
But, um, so we get Monel, and he is married to Saturn Girl, and then they bring in Which Brainiac is so 5. incorrect. I know. <laughs> I know. Just spend your fidget. But the Bon Jovi moment oh. was totally worth the whole thing that, for me. That saved the episode. When that ship Jeez. rises out of the water, and it's blasting the <laughs> 80s Bon Jovi. Well, I was more cut up, caught up in the detail of the costumes because I wanted to see how close they would get it. And with Monel's costume, if you look on the piping of it, it has the M, like yeah. back in the '90s when he was Valor. Um, and it also has an S shield on his chest right. too. But the colors is no, nothing yeah. close to any. I outfit. saw a picture today yes. of that actor in a red suit. He is Good. in the Monel red so, blue cape. Just for you, I knew they were going to do it. Oh. Yeah, it's coming. I feel better now. Yeah, so you can relax. And Saturn Girl, like uh, that's not Saturn Girl. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, I saw I saw a preview, and I lo- I was trying to figure out who the other Legion characters they were showing up because one looked kind of like Dreamer, but I don't know if that's. Well, the thing, the other thing that got me was, okay, we have this rain character who's basically the Doomsday. Evil, yeah, evil Supergirl. And we've got three Legionnaires plus the Martian Manhunter, and they can't do anything against her? Like, come on. She's a Kryptonian, dude. And Whatever. I want to know how she was able to throw off the kryptonite necklace. That was bullcrap. That's straight out of Superman 2. Or Superman 1, maybe. But anyway. Yeah. Like, so, I don't know. What do you think? Okay? It's okay. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Trial of the Flash? Flash. <sighs> Cecile is the worst lawyer on you the think? ever. <laughs> I didn't Barry know should she have hired was a Matt lawyer or something. Yeah, I didn't know. It was like, quick, she's going to represent him. I was like, oh, yeah, she's a lawyer. I forgot that. So happy she had that new evidence to bring in. Mm. Ruined the case. Had no, Has no closing statement even. Nope. Like, I rest my lady. case. And the worst possible plot device of him running so fast, <laughs> he can... Basically stop time and just have a lunch break with his wife. Who has no powers. Yeah. So now, ev- he's, He was he's, just like shaking her? Like, what was he Violently. Doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now once upon a time, Wally West was able to lend his speed force to things or people around him. I don't know if you can nerd explain it that way, but that was stupid. Just, I'm calling it. That was dumb. And the judge was terrible too of that closing. Yes. Uh, at least humanity. Like he was just like dressing him down. Yeah, I, which I, it threw me off because I thought it was going to be the opposite. I thought the judge was going to be like, oh, I know you're innocent, but whatever. And I'm rolling my eyes so hard. That, that was a big eye roll. Uh, it was the biggest eye roll ever at the very end when they placed him in his cell. And of course, there on the wall. Henry Allen was here. <laughs> it was a Shawshank moment. <laughs> uh, we did get a uh, Ralph Dibney nose twitch again. We so. did. Okay. Looks like the next episode is going to really focus on him. Yeah, it's it's called like the rise of, or the elongated man rises or something like that. 
And Ralph's getting uh, a, Ralph's get finally getting a new suit. outfit. So he's going to look a little bit more heroic, and he's not wearing purple pajamas anymore. Well, Michael will look hard at the elongated yes. man's piping. Yes. <laughs> I love... Ralph, I always he's loved a, Ralph in the comics, and I feel like they've done him justice He's kind of turned into the highlight of the show. Yeah. Well, the uh, highlight of the CW schedule this week was a brand new premiere. Black Lightning. <laughs> That's supposed to be a lightning Man, strike. That was a cracking lightning <laughs> over there. Black lightning. What did we think? I liked it. It was a little. Need the blacks. It was almost like it was scared of itself <laughs> that it wasn't going to last. So it was like we're gonna throw everything at you once. Like that was probably the fastest origin. Of a show that I've ever seen of a, of a character, but it's a neat take. We've already had his origin, and yeah. he, he hasn't he hasn't he's used retired. his powers in like nine years. Yeah. I think they said so. It's all behind him. We didn't have to learn how he got it. I'm mean, sure we'll flash back to all of that, right. but it was a neat place to start the story. It was very topical. Like very, I mean, a little pushing, little too much. pushing <laughs> like it was trying a little too hard at times. But now it, we'll say again. Jesse helped me a lot on this series, too, because he just did a source material Black Lightning episode um, where he did, like, the first 12 issues of Black Lightning that hit on a lot of the same stuff and a lot of the same characters in this show and when from was the that comics. Series? 70s? Oh, yeah, from about, the like, 70s. the original? It was a lot of, like, you know, black exploitation, yeah. right. jive turkey stuff, but... I like jive turkeys. <laughs> But yeah, so good. Jesse did help me out a lot, kind of get me in the right frame of mind before I watched it, and I really liked it. Like he's a retired he he was forced into retirement to try and save his family, and he becomes a different type of hero. He's a he's a principal of this school that's thriving in a really bad neighborhood. So I'm not sure why it had to be outside of the Arrowverse. Yeah, I didn't understand. Where if that. he's been retired for nine years, you can very easily explain why he hasn't met all these people or whatever. So Which, I'm not sure why it's its own thing. I would look for him to do the same thing they did with Supergirl and kind of retcon. Well, because like in that show, they were talking about other superheroes, like there being other heroes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the main actor, uh, Cress Williams, I thought he was terrific. Yeah, from Heart of Dixie. Yeah, I, I didn't, I, I kind of recognized. <laughs> We covered that heavily. See, oh, if, if I knew, I wrote down, he's been in ER, Prison Break, Friday Night Lights, Veronica Mars, Nash Bridges. I did not write down Heart of Dixie, so oh, I don't know Michael. Be on record. So, yeah, I, he's very, you know, TV veteran. He's had a lot of roles. Are you talking about the guy playing Blacklight now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For <laughs> roles! <laughs> no, that's you and your wife's secret thing, right? Uh, no, he said one time. See, I thought I, I don't know the like the fight scenes and things. He, he wasn't great, maybe physically yet. They didn't do a whole lot of interesting things with his powers, but just as a character, I thought he was really strong. The villains—I don't know about the villains—were a little odd. The, the whale, Tobias Whale. Yeah, we haven't had this, we didn't get much with him. Oh, we will. We will. And then the gangbanger Lala. Yeah, I didn't know him. He, I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know the actor, but I thought he did a real good job too. I thought the white people in this episode were the weakest, weakest part of the show. Ooh. 
hot take. (laughs) 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 We had the actual, uh, actual people in the media were on, uh, Roland Martin. I think he used to be on CNN or something. Mm -hmm. He was on, he had a cameo. And Nina Turner, who was an Ohio State senator, she was the one who introduced him at the thing. So actual activists from the black community were on this episode. I'm not sure if they'll keep doing things like that, but interesting. Hmm. Actually, the only two things I did not like about the episode was, one, the uh, rapping little interludes were, they felt very, they didn't feel very authentic. Like it was very, it was uh, like just kind of cheesy. Like even my wife commented on it. She's like, that rap is whack. <laughs> 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 Even yeah, there's wow. a lingo. Wow. And to be a fly on the wall. <laughs> and the other, the my other thing was where the tailor shop, where I was like, before this scene and it even happened, I immediately looked looked at my wife and I go. Wait, I've been working on something new. Come downstairs. And, of course, he's got a new suit for Black Lightning. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was – and the the suit was – What do you think of the suit, though? I There's, like, what the – What I've seen of it, I'm, like, not impressed. No. I'm okay with it, but, like, the underlayer, like, it's trying to look high-techy, but it's giving a weird – like, it's throwing the whole suit off. I think he I got think. shot and, like, pulled the bullet out. So, it's, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure but what – But he was bleeding key. later. Yeah. Like there's, I don't know. <laughs> there's a shot where he watches an old convenience store video there. That was of cool. him in the old costume, yeah. which is very comic accurate. Yeah. I was like, why can't we have that? <laughs> yeah. I don't need the neon like glow suit. And the eyes like mm-hmm. shuddered, like where he, like he hid his identity a little more. Yeah, that was kind of odd. I can dig it. <laughs> Oh gosh. Um that's all I have for television. I uh, had an announcement the a show called Truth Seekers. It's a ghost hunting comedy from Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. They are shopping it around. They just started their own production company called Stolen Picture. And they've they've each been working on a few things, but this is their show together where they're kind of bumbling ghost hunters. Um, so it's, it's not, what, I'm just, I think, I assume they've got a pilot or a script or something that they're shopping yeah, They haven't done with. anything together for a while now. Yeah, I would be very excited to see that. Alright, that's it for TV then. What else? We got lots of comics. Okay, comics! How can you read this? There's no pictures. Well, some people use their imagination. Well, I must hurry back to my comic book store where I dispense the insults rather than absorb them. It happens all the time. Read a comic book, okay? <laughs> I have comics. All I have is stuff I read, though. <laughs> I got three pages of comics. <laughs> you have stuff everybody Buckle up. Is. What time is it? <laughs> I, I think we need to start with a thing we never mentioned that I know of, that Bendis, like, almost died. Yeah. You, I mean, what do you know about I don't that? know his medical diagnosis, but well, he, yeah, had a, he had a, well, an here, infection or something. That, yes, yeah. he had a methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus. Oh, there you uh, go. You know, which is the, what, the, the terrible infection you don't want to get, you know, and 
it's hard to, it's resistant. That's the whole thing. It can't, you know, vancomycin barely mm. gets it. So I guess he was on his deathbed and made it out. What he said, like, uh, I've got a quote from him way back here. He said, 16 days in the hospital, two visits to the ICU, MRSA, sepsis, blind for four days. Wow. But I finally made it out of it, so. That's crazy. DC's got good health care, I guess. Maybe that's why he moved over there to get exclusive. Well, speaking of Bendis, I'm sure what Mike wants to talk about most. We've got, finally got some details on Action Comics number 1000. Is it a bird? Are we away from Action Comics 1000? Finish it. Is it a plane? (laughs) Is it Fruit of the Loom? Why no? It's the return of the Red Trunks! Got some shorts as red as Michael's microphone over there. <laughs> Alright, April 18th, 2018, we're gonna hit 1000, the first mainstream superhero comic, probably my first comic ever from anything to hit 1000. And they announced it'll be Brian Michael Bendis' first work at the publisher, doing a 10 page story in action, illustrated by Jim Lee. So finally Superman's gonna be good. <laughs> Get out of my house now. <laughs> well, I mean, this is finally like makes me excited for Superman. So here, here's the roster of people in this issue. Marv Wolfman scripting a story that was drawn by Kurt Swan, but never saw the light of day before. Ooh. So there's some unused Kurt Swan artwork that Marv Wolfman's gonna script. Richard Donner is co-writing a story with huh. Jeff Johns. And that's gonna be illustrated by Oliver Coppell. Paul Dini is writing something for Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Nice. So we're bringing in some real classic, uh, you know, Superman talent. Tom King with Clay Mann and Jordi Belair. Brad Meltzer with John Cassidy and Laura Martin. Louise Simonson with Jerry Ordway. Nice. And Scott Snyder with Tim Sale. Sweet. So this is going to be a huge book from a who's who, basically, of the living Superman creator. What the heck's Bendis doing? Uh, ten page with Jim Lee. Uh, so it's that. just a bunch of different stories. Yeah, it looks like it'll be a bunch of shorter stories. That reminds me of an anniversary issue of Superman. I can't remember which one it was, but it had a like it had Frank Miller. Like this is probably in the early eighties, maybe. But it had all the top talent at that time on the Superman book. So we're not. So then he's not taking over Action Comics. Um. I said this is the first they've announced on them. So uh, issue yeah. 1001 could be a Bendis issue. We don't, oh, yeah. we don't know for sure yet, but they, you know, Bendis revealed that's why he jumped ship when he went home to Cleveland and went to visit the Superman museum they have there and just was thinking about Superman and all the stories he hasn't told. So he credits Superman with kind of helping him make this decision. So. Hopefully it's good stuff. Dan Didio was quoted as saying, The 1,000th issue of Action is an incredible milestone in pop culture and a testament to the vision of Siegel and Schuster. Without this book, along with Siegel and Schuster's fertile imaginations and boundless creativity, the superhero's place in literature may have been wildly different, if not altogether non-existent. That doesn't mean I'll pay them yet. Oh, wait, that part I added. (laughs) So, so, yeah. So, But the big story today for all my art friends... It's been seven years since Superman's had his red trunks and they're coming back. Jim Lee, they just released the cover that he drew and it's adding back the yellow belt mm-hmm. and the red trunks that have been missing for a while, but it still has like the cuffs that Jim Lee designed. So it's not just the classic suit. It's a little bit of a meld between them. 
They're doing something weird with his boots. They're like backwards. Like I noticed that. I was looking because the way they used to be, where it used to basically look like an M. Right. It's the opposite now. Mm. So he's got to mess with something. Mm. Yeah, Jim Lee quote is saying, "There's no better way to celebrate Superman's enduring popularity." Than to give him a look that combines some new accents with the most iconic feature of his classic design. Now pay me. So the, oh, he didn't say that. Jeez. <laughs> we can't just we can't just misquote people. Sure we can. <laughs> Haven't you heard of the Stan Lee debacle? Speaking of Stan Lee, he's coming to Cleveland. <laughs> Segway sucker. <laughs> Wizard World Comic Con Boy. Cleveland in March third and fourth. Stan announced his retirement tour several years ago. It was going to be his last trip through the Comic Cons, but he just announced he's coming. To, I think St. Louis, but if you're local here, Cleveland's probably the closest you're going to get. So he'll be available to meet fans, pose for photos, sign autographs, and then conducting an interactive Q and A session in both cities. Stan's um, been in some hot water here lately. Uh, I didn't want to get into that, <laughs> but it all sounds fake anyway. I don't know. I don't know. I'm no. I'm not one to judge. Poor Stan. Just Stan Didio. <laughs> I'll, judge any, I'll judge anybody, but I haven't read. I haven't read the stuff about Stan. Well, either. if we're gonna heard, talk about the elephant, the ninety-year-old elephant in the room, one of his caretakers, a nurse, one of the home yeah, nurses, yeah. accused him of harassment or doing some untoward things. Right. Oh yeah. Dirty old man. Yeah, dirty old man. <laughs> what else you got? Uh, the coolest news I saw this week was a year old. <laughs> and wow. I missed it because I don't follow the Olympic skiing. Um, oh, yeah, watching, I saw that. I was watching TV, NBC, and they, you know, they've they been running incessant commercials. Yeah. And they're the showing, yeah, coming. they're just showing some of the athletes. And there's a guy standing over the snowboard, and there's a woman in skis. And just out of the corner of my eye, I was like, mm. "What? wait, what was that? I just wasn't really paying attention. And then I waited, like, the next time that commercial came on, I, I looked. I'm like, she's dressed like Captain Marvel. Yeah. So, yeah, the U.S. ski team are wearing Marvel suits. The upcoming Pyeongchang, South Korea. Um, and this was back, they, they debuted them last February at the Alpine World Ski Championships in Switzerland. Uh, collaboration between Marvel and Spider, S-P-Y-D-E-R, is the team's official supplier. Yeah. They signed a two-year partnership with Disney Consumer Products and Interactive Media. Hell yes. And all the lawyers there. They're creating all these Marvel-themed superhero performance products. So I'm sure you can buy any of these ones you're going to see. But they're – so this story broke in, like, last February. They had some concept art of the females wearing the – Carol Danvers modern Captain Marvel suit and the guys were in kind of an alt, uh, altered Captain America suit and it was just a it was just a drawing back then but that we're starting now that they're you know the Olympics are coming and there's 9 billion people are going to be watching it we're starting to see these in action yeah so I, that's cool to me like we're taking mm-hmm. a character like that's really savvy marketing I think for Marvel because people recognize the Captain America star and the you know the bones oh, yeah. across the stomach, but they're going to see this Captain Marvel suit long before the movie comes out, and that's going to become a plant and seed visual. Yeah, they're going to recognize it at least. So I thought that was super cool. 
Also super cool. <laughs> He's looking for something super cool on Segway, Segway. There's nothing. Uh, they're finally doing the, the 300. They're not calling it a prequel or a sequel, but Frank Miller's finally going back to the 300 companion from Xerxes. Xerxes. Uh, April 4th from Dark Horse. It's called Xerxes, the fall of the house of Darius and the rise of Alexander. So very compact title for a five issue miniseries. First issue has 30 pages of story for $4.99. Uh, it was solicited, it says, Persian King Xerxes sets out to conquer the world to avenge his father Darius's defeat and create an empire unlike anything the world has ever seen until the hardy Greeks produce a god king of their own, Alexander the Great. Is he just writing it? No, he's drawing it too, so that's really, really why it's noteworthy. Frank Miller hasn't drawn much more than a variant cover or those little inserts in the last Dark Knight Returns uh, series, so... Five issues of full on, full on Frank. <laughs> full on Frank. <laughs> on the way. No beans about it. Um, and speaking of, uh, beating a dead horse. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Promethea, the Alan Moore character, joining oh. the Justice League? <sighs> Some people aren't too happy about that, like, yeah. <clears throat> the creators. Right. So, How are they, like, that is a weird, because that is the, a, was it ABC? The ABC Alan Moore line of Tom Strong and... America's Best Comics. Yeah. Was published through Wildstorm. And it was before, top ten. Yeah, before DC bought Wildstorm. So it was, I, the things I was reading today, people couldn't quite say whether it was work for hire. I saw some things uh. say... Uh, Alan Moore negotiated like an ownership deal that, that, that own, he owned some of it, the artist owned some of it, and the company owned some of it. And then I saw somebody else say, refute that and say, no, it was all work for hire, so nobody owns anything. I don't know. Nobody seems to really know. But yeah, DC, we've integrated the Watchmen now, we've integrated Sandman, the Tom Strong characters are showing up in the Terrifics. Yeah. It's about to launch. Which I heard that is the awesome book. Okay. Really? Yeah, I've I mean, it looks heard, interesting. I've heard really good reviews for it, for it. So it's got Mr. Terrific, Plastic Man, um, uh, Metamorpho. Yes. And somebody else? Uh, somewhere from Legion, I think. Hmm. Oh, uh, Phan- uh, Lady Phantom, Phantom or yeah. whatever they call Phantom, her, Phantom Girl yeah. or Phantom Girl. Yeah, but they can't, they, they have to all be in proximity to one another or so, there's something to do with that. Hmm. So yeah, this is another kind of classic character, well, not a classic character, but a very, this book was, I've never read it, I tried. It was beautiful. I couldn't get into it. Yeah, J.H. Uh, Williams III was the artist. Mm. Very expressive, very, like there were issues I know where they basically did the tarot, and Alamo wrote a story that was like flipping tarot card, like very experimental, they called it, you know, Alamo was projecting magic into the world through this book like i've heard Chaos people magic. gush about you know that it's not a comic book it's an it's an act of creation and all this stuff so a super haughty highbrow comic and now she's gonna co-star in the justice league so but i curious. always thought it was like alan moore's version of wonder woman which if you go along with that logic that's weird that she's gonna be in the justice league when you have wonder woman well this is the jail a so this is batman's team with lobo and killer frost and all those characters uh, so the lower class uh, said that she's gonna cameo in issue 23 <laughs> <laughs> oh wow 
That's the lower class. Yeah. So she'll show up in Superman's issue. Superman's underwear is high. <laughs> Underoos. Extra starch. Uh, first full appearance in issue 24. Uh, J.H. Williams tweeted, So this is without affording me the dignity hearing about it from the proper channels. I've not brought this to Alan's attention. Doubt he knew until now. Besides that, I can't in good conscience condone this happening in any form at all. So this is the work of this guy's career. He drew every panel in this book, I think. And it was very personal to Alan Moore as well. So I'm sure neither of them are happy. Didn't he do Batwoman also? Yes. He just did. Uh, yeah. Full. Yeah. Damn it, DC. What's wrong with you? Uh, we got the the Glad Media Award nominees for this year, uh, 2017, for Outstanding Comic Book. So these awards recognize and honor media for the fair and accurate and inclusive representation of the LGBTQ community and the issues that affect their lives. So up for the award this year are America, the Marvel comic story, the Backstagers from Boom Studios, Batwoman, speaking of, Black Panther, World of Wakanda, a uh, Dead Man miniseries called The Dark Mansion of Forbidden Love. Goldie Vance, another Boom Studios book. And The Woods from Boom Studios, so they're making a splash here. Uh, Quantum Teens Are Go from Black Mask Comics. The Lumberjanes and Iceman, the new solo series he had. So those are the ten up. What was the, the title of the Dead Man one again? The Dark Mansion of Forbidden Love. I don't remember. That sounds like a Skidamax flick. Sounds like a Netflix movie you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody read any comics lately? Anything? I just picked up a nice little pile today. Yeah. Did you read any of them? Not yet. No, I'm still, I just read like, uh, you know, Walking Dead started a new story. It's kind of a big reveal at the end of the issue. Mm-hmm. That was very shocking. Um... But it was a pretty good issue, and and also jumped to three ninety nine. If you yes, I did because I was like, how much did I spend at Asylum? <laughs> and I was like, where did that go? And I noticed that dollar into Jordan's pocket. And I looked and I was like, what issue did it go to three ninety nine? It was issue one seventy five or not one seventy five. Yeah, one seventy five. So it's like basically an anniversary issue, and I think they put a couple extra pages on it. Oh. Called it three ninety nine. Well, guess what? One seventy six was three ninety nine. Yeah, any excuse. That's funny. I was wondering when they were gonna do yeah. that. They made it quite a ways. And I think they're raising the trades from fourteen ninety nine to sixteen ninety nine as well. well. So hmm. Yeah, I know. A few more it. bucks they can squeeze out of you. And yeah, read uh We're book. a value at any price though, so are you right. still reading <laughs> Captain America? Uh well yes, I am. And that, and we were kinda of talking about, he's on the road. It's one of those deals where he's gotta rebuild his after the whole Hydra thing, you know, and they're, they've got that. Chris, you got D Man with them. <laughs> you might as well, but he's got a. It's that Chris Samney and Mark Wade, but it doesn't. I like the first issue or two of this. The first issue I loved. Yes, well, you I guys lo- like you guys I, raved about it so much. First, I bought the it. The first issue was really good. I'm over it. If that's okay to say, I didn't know whether how you were. I've, it's been fine. I, th- I thought the first issue, I was really excited about what yeah. was coming, and then the next two have just been okay. It's a cap yeah, story. It's just I'm way over it. It doesn't feel like Mark Wade to me, and it's like has he grown so old timey? It's like this old timey way of telling a story. I don't know. It's like there's very little dialogue. You know, it was a thing with uh, 
Craven, and I mean there were neat little touches. I don't like. I mean I like this artist, but I don't like. So, there's some things I don't like about the way he draws them. I never. This is maybe sacrilegious. I'm not a huge Alex Ross fan. Not that these guys compare, but I don't like fat. Cap. I never liked Fat Superman and any of that Kingdom Come stuff. I don't like the way, and this guy kind of draws them like thicker and stuff. Barrel chest. And yeah, I don't like job. that at all. And, but I do like some of his style, so I'm not trash. I just, I just, I liked it, but I noticed when I was done reading, I was just like, okay, move on. I, I'm not riveted here, I guess. Um, I'll, it's just very like a hundred years ago. It's like a very serial feeling. Um, also, I started the Avengers No Surrender thing. Was it every week for 16 weeks? Starting with issue 675, we're going to get an Avengers book every week. And we introduce Voyager. You haven't yeah. picked up 675 I haven't got yet. the next one, but at the end of 675, she shows up. So we get kind of an explanation, but not really. Yeah. So if you have this questions about long yeah. lost the right con, this just feels yeah. like Sentry to me. But I loved. It's not going to be as good as Bendis's Sentry story, but I'm interested. I was like, okay, go ahead and pull all this crap for me. <laughs> well, the last I, I don't. It's there's no Sentry reference in here, but like you said, it feels so much like the Sentry. Yeah. And then Marvel in a recent catalog just reprinted the Century Trade paperback. It's been out of print for a little while. Oh, of course. After I so you, had to fight to go find it. Oh. I've got it already now. They're reprinting it. So you can usually kind of read some trends if you watch what's mm. what they're reprinting. It's like all about the movies based on that or you know, certain things like that if you really pay attention. Yeah. And then this this week's issue of Doctor Strange uh we're gonna spoil this a little bit. Uh the very end of it Loki has been Sorcerer Supreme for a while. And there's been something locked away and he's like, I am Loki, I can handle any problem and he opens the door and the void is in there. Ooh, which is the century. Yeah. So the void is back. Now that's very interesting. So that will lead to something involving the century. It's not in the not. Avengers just yet. I really like the century as a character. Uh, this week we had Damage number one, which is the first issue from these New Age of Heroes. Uh, the DC book spinning out of the metal book involving Immortal Men, Sideways, Silencer, the Terrifics we mentioned. New Challengers, The Curse of Brimstone, and The Unexpected. So we've got all these books. They're going to debut here pretty soon. And watching Riverdale this week, there's an ad for it yeah. on TV. So Yeah, so DC has branched out into uh, new TV ads for this new Age of Heroes. Out of those books, which ones do you think will survive? <sighs> Damage right. obviously looks like a DC's take on the Hulk. I didn't love that issue. It just kind of threw you in, and he's he's damaging things. And like, get back here, you! And it's just, I, I none of these look great to me. And I hate to say it as somebody who wants, you know, DC's been knocking out of the park lately. You know, the Immortal Men has Jim Lee on art, and the, you know, the Terrifics look like a cool team, but none of these scream blockbuster to me. I have hopes for the Terrifics and. The Challengers of the Unknown, is that, is that what you said? New Challengers, but New it's basically... Chal- yeah. Yeah. I would be curious to see if they could get that off the ground. I, Man, they they won't. They keep trying but, that one, though. I mean, it's like every few years I know, they bring they, it back up. But we had a new gimmick with this one. The vertical gatefold cover. Oh, no. 
You know how covers, there have been a lot of covers that fold out yeah. where you get expanded. These ones fold up. Oh. So the, you have the cover. Sky's and the limit, baby! Fold one side what up and one side down, and it's a very tall, skinny, gatefold cover. Of? Damage! <laughs> damage! <laughs> yeah. And Cops Suicide damage. Squad, like Suicide Squad's in the book. So you unfold the cover and there's Suicide Squad like going after damage. So an interesting gimmick. You can't tell by looking at it on the stands until yeah. you pick it up and it oh, feels weird. You need weird, to display that properly down uh, the Yeah, they're not selling well, so maybe that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. You got to pin some of those up. Uh, we had Old Man Hawkeye launch. Oh, I was interested in that. 12 issue prequel to Old Man Logan set years before. Um, Hawkeye learned, you know, famously an old man Logan, he's blind. So this happens, someone, bandits on the road attack him and he misses one of them. He's like, what? I never miss. So he learns he's going blind. Logan showed up in Cap, I just remembered that. Correct? I'm not crazy, Those are right? those post-credit sequences they're calling, yeah, leading the to infinity. Ah. Because when Logan came back in the legacy one shot, he has one of the infinity gems. Ah. Sorry, infinity stones. That's yeah, what we yeah. call them nowadays. Come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm old school. They're a gem to me. <laughs> and then they announced Logan's back in the Marvel Universe. Catch him in post credit sequences. It's so like all the Marvel movies. You have to stay till after the credits. Right. There's been in Captain America, Thor, just this week had it, and some other book. Uh, you know, after the letters call me, flip the page. What, what's Logan doing? And there's a one page thing with Logan wandering around the unit. And you still have old man Logan running around, right? Yes. He's on X-Men. You never have too many Logans. No. And is there something going on with the X-Men books? Like, I just saw Bleeding Cool was like, well, something like, they kept calling it bland or something. uh, Well, they did that grand design miniseries. So every X-Men story this week, they've called it bland design. They're just being cheeky. There's a big wedding coming up, isn't there? So, have they announced who yeah. it's going to be? Yeah, I, I saw, I saw yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be uh, Kitty Pride and Colossus. Mm. Ooh, all these years, finally. Good. Peter Quill's not right for her. What? That was they were a thing. Yeah, yeah, she joined the Guardians and went out in space. Oh, that's dumb. Yes, it moving is. on. She needs <laughs> Peter Rasputin. That help? <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> Was it Lacey? <laughs> the piping was right on. <laughs> uh, Phoenix Resurrection, the return of Jean Grey, five-issue miniseries. We're bringing the adult Jean Grey back, even though there's a still a teen Jean Grey running around. <laughs> Does anyone like care? I like the character Jean Grey, yeah. and that's cool. This issue, these, this miniseries has made no sense. She's working in a diner somewhere. And, like, people from her past keep showing up. Like, Magneto was ordering a steak in the diner or something. So, like, she's on the astral plane. There's something. They haven't explained what her. I hope all the Jean Greys meet up with all the Logans. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So, at the the end of this series, we're going to have Jean Grey back. So, that's all that really matters. But, yeah, the series, it's been all right. People, The the X-Men are breaking into teams looking for her. There's been weird Phoenix energy they've picked up through Cerebro. So, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it's it's going to bring Jean back, so that's what people like. Cyclops, can you feel her? Cyclops is dead. Oh. I just, teen, just teen Cyclops. How'd Cyclops die? I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm really out of touch with the X-Men. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to get into it. 
Uh, Star Wars Forces of Destiny. We had those one shots starting to come out. All female, girl ones, yeah, all yeah. female creative yeah. teams, writers and artists. Five different mini series or five different one shots every week this month. I saw all of the dolls or action figures or whatever they were at the store. Yeah, my daughter has the the Ray one yeah. she got for Christmas. They look cool. Yeah. yeah, she was really excited about it when she opened it. Um, and, you know, she's been playing with it and stuff. So. Um, should have done an unboxing video. Yeah. Come on, Cliff. Where you been? I almost did an unboxing video just for you guys the, on Tuesday when I got uh, some new podcast equipment. I was oh, going to yeah. make a video <laughs> just for you guys. Right. What about when you got the wrong mail? Yeah. I thought about that. it, but then I'd probably get in trouble <laughs> for that. <laughs> yeah, it's a federal <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, I got, I got a, a package that was from South Carolina going to Kentucky and somehow ended up in my house in Ohio. I was like, well, they're not going to know I'm opening this. It was a cardboard box with cat in it. <laughs> it jumps out and slices your throat. I was like, ah, it's an indoor cat. <laughs> jump, jump. So, yeah, there were one shot starring Leia was the first one, of course. Ray, Hera from Rebels. I love Hera as a character. I had never seen much with her in it, but I read the issue, and she seemed like a really cool character. Yeah, and she's the character that was mentioned, you can hear uh, her name mentioned over the speakers in Rogue One. Mm. So. Wow. What a... And the ghost, goal. her ship, the ghost is in the fight in Rogue One, too, so. Is this from something else? Dave Filoni, that's his. Oh, it's from Rebels or something? No. <laughs> Not from Rebels, it's from Filoni as a first name. And that first name is Dave. Dave. Issue four is Ahsoka and Padme, and issue five is Rose and Paige. Oh, that's interesting. Last Jedi. Yeah, I've watched um, a few of the shorts, the Forces of yeah, Destiny I'll, I'll shorts. I watched a couple of them, they were yeah. short. Yeah, they're short, <laughs> they're cute. So yeah. They're fine. Yeah, they weren't bad. Right, last thing, we have the 2017 Diamond Gym Awards were announced. These are the comic book awards voted on by retailers. Mm. So the people who know this stuff the best vote on it. You voted? I opened the ballot, and there was a whole bunch of stuff. You're like, uh, I don't have time I was like, ah, I don't care. Right. <laughs> but it was a lot of stuff, you know, tons of stuff I hadn't read, or things like product lines I don't carry, like favorite statue. I was like, I don't care what statue. Right. Man, that like. could have been an episode right there. You should. We could have read we the ballot have. and we oh, put our votes yeah. down. Oh man, ballot stuff on that. Yeah, let's do it. Mind that for next year. year. Next yeah. year, mark it down. <laughs> Write that in your little notebook. All right. So these take these with a grain of salt. These are not from the fans' perspective. These are from the retailers' perspective. So these might be, you know. And again, I didn't know what criteria to even vote for. Do I click the one that sold the best, the one I liked the best? It was an odd, odd decision. But according to the retailers, 2017 best new comic book series was Redneck from Image Comics, which is the series, uh, Donnie Cates, I believe is the writer, about vampires in a small Texas town. Uh, the best all-ages series was DuckTales from IDW. Best all-ages graphic novel, DC Superhero Girls, Volume 4. 2017 licensed comic of the year, Star Wars The Screaming Citadel. Licensed trade or hardcover of the year, Batman Teenage Ninja Turtles crossover volume one. Original graphic novel of the year, Wonder Woman Earth One, the hardcover they did. Uh, Grant Morrison wrote that one. The reprint trade or hardcover of the year, Walking Dead Here's Negan, which reprinted his origin story that came out through the Image Plus 
magazine. You had to buy like 16 issues of the magazine to get it. This trade collected them all. The indie graphic novel of the year. My favorite thing is Monsters from Fantagraphics Books. The anthology of the year. Love is Love from IDW Publishing, which that was the one that uh, tons of creators came together to benefit the Pulse nightclub victims. Mm. They're short stories. Uh, the best free comic book day was I Hate Image from Image Comics. I had that one. All right. The top dollar comic book of the year. The one that made shops the most money. Marvel Legacy number one. I still have plenty for sale on my shelves. They were five ninety nine, so that's why it was the biggest money. All right, comic book of the year under three ninety nine. Batman number twenty four. That was the issue he got engaged with Selena Kyle. And the comic book of the year over three ninety nine. Doomsday Clock number one. So a lot of love for DC here. Uh, game manufacturer of the year. Any guesses? Um, what kind of game are we talking about? It's not one you to pick. Wiz Kids. Blizzard. No. Wiz Kids, of course. <laughs> so yeah. creators of Dice Masters yeah, and Hero yeah. Clicks, they're always kind of the best sellers in the, oh, yeah. especially the Diamond Pipeline. Yeah, in a comic book store, we're talking. All right, toy manufacturer of the year. Hasbro. Think no. of the toy you see everywhere. <laughs> we just sent it. us one of uh, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Oh, Funko. Funko. Yeah. Funko, toy manufacturer of the year. Top dollar market share publisher of the year, Marvel. Backlist publisher of the year, meaning, you know, people that keep things in print and, you know, selling the older books, DC Comics. <sighs> Comic publisher of the year, under 3% market share, Aftershock Comics, which they've been putting out a lot of really interesting things from a lot of Big name talent have kind of flocked over that direction. Is that Paul Jenkins? Like his, uh, he, he's, he's got a Paul? couple books there, yeah. yeah. And the 2017 comic book publisher of the year, over three percent market share, DC Comics. Woohoo! Retailers love their DC. Boom! How there long? You go. Where are we at? Uh, an hour and twenty-four minutes. Yeah. Only thing we didn't talk about was movies, so it's up to you guys. Save. Martha! Puny God. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. I'm Batman. Kneel before the sun! Under roof! Set it yourself, bitch. We're the guardians of the galaxy. So what's it gonna be, huh? Long sullen silence? Or mean comment? Go on. You got me in a box here. Ha! 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 Movies. Movies. <laughs> Movies. <there it> is. <laughs> Enthusiasm. Movies. I just sent you guys the teaser trailer of Dundee. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, the son of Crocodile Dundee. It was, I was 20 seconds long. So. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. watch it. <laughs> I was so freaking excited for this who was until it? I played it. I remember somebody weird. Who was it? Um, that good, huh? <laughs> From HBO. Oh. Vice principles. Vice principles. Oh, I, I always forget his name. Danny McBride. Danny McBride. It's the son of Crocodile Dundee. It was Danny McBride being Danny yeah. McBride. It was. Yeah. I thought it was funny. He's fun. I love those movies. Growing up, I, yeah. I, unironically, I loved. I loved Mick Dundee. He was cute. <laughs> it, but, uh, 
it's stupid to even like be upset about it, but <laughs> the fact of the scene, the scene that we see is him making fun of the the knife scene. It was like, how would he know anything about this knife scene? Like, the, 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 I'm like, it feels like the character. He's his son. He doesn't know about this scene that happened in the movie. Like, oh, that's, before bed every night, he told him one time yeah. I was in New York, and here's what I said to this guy. Yeah, <laughs> we had some movies moving around. Uh, Deadpool moved up a couple weeks from June 1st to May 18th. It's oh, is that going to mess up our uh, 2018 preview episode? Yeah, we're going to just throw in the garbage. <laughs> Guys. Forget everything we told you. I have to interrupt for a moment. I just had a moment. Oh, my. I have two good memories of my father. One, of course, is taking me to go see Transformers the Animated Movie when I was in third grade. <laughs> And the other one was seeing Crocodile Dundee 2. So, alright, commence. Yeah. New Mutants went, got pushed back a little bit. A little bit. I announced it was coming out <laughs> April 13th, 2018, and got pushed back to February 27th, I mean 22nd, 2019. That's, Not a good sign. That seems strange. Could be that they just own everything now that they can do uh, stuff That's like a that. lot of pushing. A lot of pushing. Pushing, pushing. Uh, I was showing you guys a little video before we started talking earlier. They, after we had announced Sage Northcutt, the UFC fighter was pushing to try to be cast as Dolph Lundgren's son in Creed Two. He did not get picked. It will be boxer Florian Big Nasty Montano, who will be the son of Michael. Michael Michael needs a new nickname. We can go that route. (laughs) Big Nasty. So it was a pretty big dude. <laughs> Going to be in there. I don't know if he's he can big. act or not. I'm not sure how. How did. I'm not sure how they justify these guys fighting. Like, he's a big dude. Like, yeah, there's definitely a weight, weight class, class problem there. Yeah. But then again, there was before Rocky yeah. Four. What was yeah. the reason then? Other than you killed America. My, yeah. So this, you know, Drago killed Apollo Creed. So we'll have to. Well, didn't be... Rocky didn't Rocky like wrestle Hulk Hogan one time or something? In one oh of yeah, yeah. Mr. T. He, it was uh, what were their name? What was the name that was? Uh... Thunderlips. Yeah. <laughs> was it Thunderlips? Yeah. Okay. That was, yeah, that was Rocky. I want to say Thunderlips one more time. Yeah. <laughs> but that did they both have different names too? I can't remember. What do you mean both? Well, was it Hulk, just Hulk Hogan? And he Mr. Was, T, which one was what? Hulk Hogan was Thunderlips. Mr. T was uh, Clubber Lang. Clubber Lang, that's what it is. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Anyway, November twenty first, I think, is Creed two. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. I want to see some Drago. I can't wait for Creed three and Thunderlips Junior. Yeah. <laughs> I saw they're green lighting another Expendables. I've never seen any of them. I won't watch that garbage. I've seen them all. I believe it. You won't watch anything good, but you will. Did you go out and see any of those movies uh, we previewed for January? Uh, No, I think we decided there wasn't anything anything worth watching. I'm still finishing up the 2017 catch-up. Tomorrow's my last trip to Columbus to catch the last couple movies before we count down all my 2017 movies. So I watched one today, though, that just I had not even heard of. And somebody mentioned, hey, this kind of got shuffled under the rug. 
It was good. And I think you'd like it, Michael. <laughs> I'm intrigued. But I don't know where you'd watch it. I had to uh, run it on Amazon for like five bucks. It was uh, Patty Cakes. Patty Cakes. And it's a girl, like an, a heavy set white girl wannabe rapper. And she's got, uh, it's an indie movie, and she's got a friend who's like a pharmacy tech foreign guy, and he's real skinny. He wants to call him thick and thin. And, uh, <laughs> she, and anyway, and her mom's like a washed up 80s singer, Lita Ford wannabe, and I don't, it was good. <laughs> it was good. There's a ton of rapping in it, and, but like, it had an eight mile feel to it. Yeah. It's like she was struggling, you know, doing the grind and writing her lyrics and everything. And I just thought it was, it was pretty good. It had a pretty good ending. There was a real kind of, there was a couple little things, you know, you would have changed like the kind of over the top stuff, but still I enjoyed it. I was, I was very pleasantly surprised. I'm glad I saw it because it, it, it won't make my top 10, but it was definitely, uh, worth seeing. Patty cakes with a uh, dollar sign at the end. <laughs> That's how you know it's street. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was. There was no uh, whack wraps in there. Except <laughs> <laughs> Christy, if you guys don't watch. <laughs> um. There's some talking. Maybe Jake Gyllenhaal is going to be the next Batman. Mm-hmm. Anybody hear anything about that? I have. I don't know. Uh, I don't know why he would do that. I don't either. Ew, his sister was his love interest. I know. Oh. That was weird. <laughs> no comment. Tim Miller. He works on The Flash, whatever. Tim Miller, <laughs> that directed First Deadpool, was supposedly doing a Kitty Pride movie. So, that's, you know. Th- that could change really quick with Considering whole... it was probably in produ- you know, being worked on before all this Disney crap, so. Yeah. Who knows if that'll Disney awesomeness, depending on how you're looking at it. Uh, <laughs> crap, awesomeness, <laughs> whatever. Potato, potato. Um, what? There's some talk about the Venom movie. Now they're saying Spider-Man might be in it. Like Tom Holland, Spider-Man might be in it. Anybody believe that? Nope. I don't know that it makes me more any more excited to see yeah. it. Doesn't make any sense to me. Probably cameo. Who knows? There, there was a you. You're probably my best chance. I mean, you know anything about she venom? Was there a she venom? We ain't got that kind of time. <laughs> she killed Cyclops. It's <laughs> <laughs> all good. We killed two birds with one stone. There you go. That's what happened. There have been ninety venoms. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I there was like a whole symbiote war like way back when. Well, they were talking. I guess like Michelle Williams is in it, and she might be playing his wife, and she might be end up being a she venom or some stuff. Things you got to do when you're not paid like Mark Wahlberg. That's right. Exactly <laughs> right. Uh, you guys got see movies? I'd really love to have the time to go see a Star Wars movie. Yeah, Michael That'd Stubbs be great. Last It'll stay in theaters for a while, so you've probably got a better it's chance. Been a while. It's, it's been a while. I just say it's... You're running out of time, I think. But, you know, if you're going to see it, you should see it in the theater. Maybe this Sunday. Maybe. You said that last podcast. Mm-hmm. That was two weeks Something ago. Something happened. Well, I've been scratching off my poster like crazy. Oh, have you? I got my 100 Essential Films 
poster. And when I first looked at it, I had said I had seen about 75 of the 100. But I thought that wasn't fair game to just start scratching off things I saw maybe once 20 years ago. So I'm going to try. My New Year's resolution was to watch all 100 movies this year. So stay tuned. I'm going to maybe once a month go over the ones I watched. And I want to blog about them. Because I have a blog. I have a blog. And I haven't updated it in like three years. So (laughs) I want to do like short little reviews and my opinions on things. Like I watched The Graduate. I saw it once in college. So I'm sure my opinion is different now. So I want to talk about... Yeah, just short little blurbs, so I'm not going to go crazy with it. But So hopefully, mark it here in podcast infamy, by the end of this year, I'm going to have a lot of blog entries about all these great movies I've seen. So stay tuned, listeners. So that was the one you watched? <clears throat> I'll get into the full list next episode after the month's over, but I've watched, oh, yeah. I watched six or eight so far. Oh, okay. Uh, I was gonna say I was a little worried. <laughs> We're doing one a month. If you're like ninety nine, I haven't to done go. The, I haven't done the math yet, but I think I've got time. <laughs> I got news for you. If you try to watch everything, it takes a little longer. You gotta get, pack them in yeah. there. Oh, I well, this is a movie news. <laughs> go ahead, just thought. Go ahead. Last thing. Last thing. Did you guys? And wait, let's all take a bet on what this is. Oh, yeah, I, I bet I Audible. Love to hear this. Audible.com. No, it's an animated uh, thing. Is it animated? Nope. Oh, Schwan? Nope. Hmm. Dog bite? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Different dog bite? This is something that Just some like. of you guys would, you know, it might hurt your heart, but did you hear about the, <laughs> the Stephen King Museum like this guy had? Undercut when on my you, own. I want, wow. I want to know when you heard about that. Today. When? On the radio. Where? Uh, oh, he was in the shower when I told oh, him that. Because I was like, I was standing in the kitchen when Jordan told us about this. Oh, he was on yeah. his phone in the shower. That's, oh, that's right. right. Was, yeah, you were yelling out. What did we tell you to look up on phone <laughs> while you were in the shower? <laughs> on my route today, I yes, heard folks, it on the radio. Our podcast studio has a full shower. <laughs> yes. Jelly with much? Op- <laughs> with optional viewing. Don't be jelly, Archie. Oh, God. <laughs> We're not live streaming nothing. <laughs> anyway, yeah, some guy's big collection. Jordan was telling us. Now Mike was. Yes, Eddie had tons of irreplaceable items, like you know, handwritten uh, notes from King and, and first editions and uh, gallery, galley, gallery proofs from the publisher and like things that cannot be replaced. And he, he moved from wherever he's from to Bangor, Maine to open a museum. And, and, and the restaurant next door, something happened with the plumbing, flooded the whole basement, ruined huge, invaluable Stephen King memorabilia. Jeez. That's sad. Good story, Michael. I yep. know. I like to bring it down right there at the end. Okay. Right, I'll bring it up before okay. we take off. One last thing. Animation, uh, Star Wars Rebels, the new trailer for the finale of the season four finale of the series came out today. Um, got me real excited. So your voice started something that something has grown bigger than I ever imagined. We can do this together. Let's go get Hera. You're in terrible trouble. Hey, 
I've seen you before. I have to tell you something. I hate your hair. Let's go, rebels. Full-scale bombardment of the city. Is a bitcha mine at last? Hera has been captured by Thrawn, um, if you're familiar. Thrawn, 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 Thrawn. Yeah, so the rest of our rebels have to... <laughs> our next song. That's it. <laughs> the rest of the rebels have to run to rescue her and Kanan chops his hair off and... I don't know why. There was a surprise. Yeah, Palpatine is back! In animated form, voiced by Ian McDermott. So he wasn't just on our Sith Delight. Is he on that airplane show? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, there you go. Uh, Watch the new trailer. It's coming out. Rebels and they're four. doing a Thrawn comic book miniseries too. Well, actually, the novel's getting ready to come out too. It's titled Thrawn. Oh, let's pretend by that I don't so know much, so much who Thrawn. Thrawn is. Who the heck's Thrawn? Grand Admiral Thrawn was um, a character by Timothy Zahn. His yeah. first <laughs> poor famous. Timothy Zahn. I went to a, a Columbus uh, Origins last year, and he was sitting there at a table. The sign said Timothy's on, and like nobody walked over to him. Well, since he has signed a deal to do the a new Thrawn trilogy, he's became famous again. So people <laughs> like him now. I was like, hey, I know. yeah. <laughs> so he was a um, in the old expanded. He was a character that was in the all the stuff that when Disney bought Star Wars mm-hmm. got wiped away, and that was one of the characters that Disney went, hmm, we like him. What era was he in? What, what, what it would have been what? after Jedi? Oh, yeah. Um, in the yeah uh, after Jedi pre New Hope. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Pre New Hope. Oh, I'm thinking of Rebels. Isn't uh, it? Don't didn't, weren't they? Uh, yeah, they're pre New Hope. <laughs> but the original wrap up twenty minutes. Okay, ago. <laughs> the original the original Thrawn trilogy took place after Jedi. Okay, but they brought him back as a character in Rebels pre New Hope. That's you are correct. I'm confused. So he's back in canon. Is yeah, the most back in canon. Thing. Okay. Is he in black? No, he's in white. Oh. And he has a blue face. With All right, gang hashtags. Um, all I have is uh, hashtag nerdsplain. Hmm. I've got obvious colon. Indoor cat with an E. <laughs> white supremacist. <laughs> <laughs> Meet the blacks and Dermot McDermott. Thunderlips. 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 <laughs> I like supremacist. <laughs> I don't want to use that. No, we can't. We can't use I want to see Jordan work that in. Uh, let's go indoor cat with an E. Indoor cat. Caravan courage. That was cat. probably the highlight. The highlight of this episode was two hours ago in <laughs> Cliff's story. So if you would just turn it off after that, well yeah. done, listeners. <laughs> you did it. Sign us out, Michael. Well, hey, Cliff, where can they find us at? Uh, yacht www.yacht.yacht.udownwithkpp.com at the Kapow Podcast on the Twitter, Facebook, 
all over social media, iTunes, all that stuff. And in the shower. And in the shower with a, your phone. Michael's phone. And always. And always. <laughs> As always. <laughs> I can make it up however I want to say it. That's mine. I'm the most illustrious Michael K. Easton. Certainly not whack. I am Jordan Lowe. <laughs> I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. Bye forever. Kapow! The Pop Culture Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com.